pandemonium reigns. Pandemonium reigns coming close to reaching its 100th episode. We're getting close. Almost there. I'm Dan. He's Mike. Thank you for liking and subscribing and for hanging out with us, letting us in your business, in your spears, spears, in your speakers, in your ears. Uh, words are hard, but my job is a communicator and my hobby is a communicator and therefore I suck at both. But here we are. <laughs> here we are. Bro, the college football season is about to give us another one, another great Oof. slate. I mean, the Lord Jesus is just so good to us. Jam-packed slate tomorrow. Um, don't take your eyes away. It's it's jam-packed. It's, it should be great. Uh, yeah. And Lord knows there's going to be some chaos. For sure. For sure. Well, uh, with that said, let's dive right into the weekend slate. The Deep South's oldest rivalry. Georgia at Auburn in Jordan-Hare. I will not attempt to do that again. I kind of regret it. <laughs> This line started out around 16, and it is now down to around 14 and a half. Interesting. Isn't it? Isn't it? Again, we ask the question, what is it that Vegas knows? What do they know that we don't? What we do know is this. This is going to be Carson Beck's first real road test against what should be a very hostile Jordan Hare because this is Hugh Freeze's you know, first big-time rivalry game as the head coach of the Auburn Tigers. Uh, man, yeah. there's only one thing that has me not excited for this game. Do you want to take a guess? Would it be Georgia? No, <laughs> no I'm looking for them to lose. Sorry for all of our Georgia listeners, but also not sorry. No, that is not the reason. This is something that What's we can that? all unite on. We can Tennessee fans, Bama fans, LSU fans, um, all the, all the Tiger fans, right? All of them. We can all unite on this. One fact. Okay, then you got to hit me with it. I don't know. The only downside of this game is on CBS. Oh, three thirty you know, CBS. Quick aside, I I've bashed Gary Danielson, and you know, you name it, Lundquist, anybody that they've had, I've bashed them for years. But the replacement last week, hmm. CBS yeah. just got to go. Bye bye. Bye bye. No, no kidding. No kidding. No kidding. Well, let's 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 dive into it. Shouldn't be a, a super long segment here, but you know, if I'm Auburn, man, I'm I, I realize that I'm playing with house money, and I'm letting it all hang out. It's a yep. home game again. This is Carson Beck's real road test, which could really set this game could set a, a one of two trajectories for his career, or at least the season for him as the as the quarterback of the Dogs. Um, you go in and you take a beating, and you come out with a close win. What does that do for your confidence? You come in, you take a beating, you lose that game. What does that do for your confidence? Right? Um, you come in, you handle business. All right, Carson Beck is the Georgia quarterback moving forward. You know, not that that's in question, but it just, you know, this is one of those games that's just kind of set the tone for him, uh, for that fan base uh, relationship altogether. Completely agree. thing I like most and couldn't agree with more is that Auburn is, in fact, playing with house money. There's only a handful of true diehards that maybe have an expectation to pull off an upset in this game. You're, mm. you're, you're pretty crazy. You bleed Auburn if you if you expect an upset in this game. So should be a realization that it is house money. It is a that's on the larger scale of home underdogs that you'll see anywhere. 
Um, when you when it whether it started out at sixteen, now no matter what it's down to, you're just not going to see that a lot because playing on the road, winning on the road is very hard. But mm-hmm. it is a massive, massive uphill battle for Auburn. They're just undermanned. They are not, you know, there's not a ton. There's not as much residual talent. And unfortunately, a lot of that comes back to quarterback mm-hmm. uh, in the way that Peyton Thorne has played so far. Just one of those teams that I wonder about why they didn't cheat, lie, still pay Grayson McCall and, you know, Hartman and some of those guys to come do the job. And they wound up with a Mertz or a, 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 a Thorne, you name it. But what an uphill battle. Don't have many matchups, if any, if there's one that I like for Auburn in this game, unfortunately. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, on the Grayson McCall topic, if you're <laughs> Auburn, find his major. Just just find it. Just, just make it. it. Just create yeah. it. Just create it. Uh, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. Uh, as we get into this, I do think that this 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 game will be closer than people expect. Um, I, I like Hugh Freeze a lot. I like his I like his abilities as a play caller, um, as a game planner. All these things again. Georgia has everything to lose. Auburn has got nothing to lose. Right, first year there's going to be grace. We're already seeing improvement with Auburn altogether. Right, I don't know that there's an Auburn fan out there who expects to win this game. So again, you're playing with house money. Let it rip. Bring the house yeah. on on Carson Beck. Make him make him prove to the world that he's good enough to be the two-time defending national championship quarterback, right? Make him prove yep. that. Make him make him earn his way out of the Stetson Bennett shadow. Offensively, let it all hang out. Everything that you've installed, let it rip. The the double reverses, I mean the 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 Gus Malzahn plays, if you will. Just just let it go cuz you got nothing to lose. And if I'm a Georgia fan, that scares the crap out of me. Yeah, yeah, that I would not be looking forward to. And, you know, no matter what it is, literally, because there's a there's a small handful of things that it could be so far, whether it's Bobo being new to this team, you're not new to the program, but, but new to this team again. Uh, you know, whatever it may be that Georgia is starting a little slower than because they're still steamrolling teams. It's just not as high scoring and the demolition that it was at times. But Whatever it is, you know, those those things they've got to iron out. I think we'll actually learn about Georgia tomorrow because of the environment. Agreed. Especially. Agreed, um, I mean, yeah. this, this is a good test. You know, let's say Tennessee continues and they, they have, they're having a decent season. This is a good lead-up to what Neyland Stadium could be in the second-to-last game of the season. I mean, sure. this is big for them. Yeah. Um, I wonder about their running back rotations. They're, they're actually pretty thin there as far as injuries, not as far as recruiting, obviously. Um, and, you know, what are they going to do on the outside? Because we know they're going to force feed Brock Bowers when they have to. Are they going to develop anything new on the outside? And and I think this would be a decent opportunity to do that because you're going to be able to give Beck time in theory unless Auburn just brings the house time after time. They rattle him. They do those things. So what's new? What what actually can we learn from this game? Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. Um, you know, I think if I'm, if I'm Georgia – defensively i think i just want to keep everything in front of me i yep. want to i want to i want auburn hey you know what we're going to make you put drives together i still believe that my dude is better than your dude but we're going to keep everything in front of us we're going to refuse to lose to you by the big play and we think that over the span of time and over the span of long drives you're going to make a mistake somewhere and we're going to yeah. capitalize on that mistake and almost like a like an anaconda just slowly kind of sucking the life out of you, making Auburn 
not necessarily earn for every yard, but <laughs> earn points every single drive in, in the most difficult, long uh, drive possible ways. That was a that was terrible English just then. But you get what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah, I do. Um, what do you think about that forty-five and a half? Uh, is my is my thing forty-five and a half over under? Um, I obviously think Georgia could carry that. It seems very very suspect that it's that low for me. What's funny is my final score, I believe, is a total of forty-five. If I'm doing math real quick, yeah, yeah, my total is right at forty-five. So mm-hmm. to ask me what I feel about over or under, I actually my instincts they lean under. Yeah, just I'm, I'm trying to find reasons to go over myself as low as that is. Yeah, they lean under. I, I think that the Georgia offense is going to struggle a little bit just because of the environment. I do think that they'll pull it together, right? I think Georgia's going to win this game. I think Georgia's going to yeah. win this game. Um, but I think you're – to answer your question, I'm going to lean under if I have to give an answer. But, again, my my score total is right at 45. But I think your X factor is this, in this game is Carson Beck. How does he respond to the environment? How does he handle the pressure? How does he? I mean, he's. This is it. This is this is the moment. This is the time. You, your schedule has been not good thus far. Uh, this so game is bad. turning out to be a little bit more difficult than you thought going into the season. Not that it's still a tall task by any means, but I think it's all going to come down to Carson Beck and just how emotionally sound is he. That's fair. Totally fair. And I'm, I'm with you. I can't think – I mean, obviously, there's so many play, so many weapons for Georgia. It could be defensive touchdowns. There's so many weapons that they could exercise to, to pull away or to, you know, just strangle Auburn to death. I absolutely think they're going to win the game, even if it's ugly. And, and ugly, if it looks like the South Carolina game two weeks ago for them, if, if it looks like that, I think they're going to do it. I hesitate, but I think they cover. Um, and it, it could be – Late garbage points, you know what I mean? It could be a late yeah. pick six or some crap like that because yeah, I just don't have a lot of trust in the Auburn offense right now. I wish I, I wish I had more, obviously, but yeah, I mean, for me, that's this is just as uphill as it gets this week. I want to ask one question, then I want to get into final predictions. If Auburn wins this game, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, it's yeah. just not. I mean, it's it, Herm Edwards is right. It's, it's why you play the game. You play to win yep. the game. So, um, to just flat out assume that Georgia's going to win, I think, is dumb. To predict it makes a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Georgia loses this game, what's the narrative out on Georgia? I mean, Kirby's in his what year, and Hughes in his first, and yeah. Auburn recruiting is already on fire. What what does this do for them? I mean, can you imagine? Oh no, I can't. I cannot imagine um, because that's what Auburn ne- Auburn needs that shot in the arm last week. I mean, they lose to to Auburn or to Texas A and M last week. They lose twenty seven to ten in a game where Wigman Wigman goes down. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just how limited I think. And they're, they're, I think their touchdown was the defensive touchdown where Jimbo was trying to make a tackle and doing hilarious things. So their offense just is not – it's just not cutting it. It's just so barren, um, yeah. from, you know, from what they've been. from yeah. and, and we've seen Hugh work miracles. I mean, coaching miracles, of course. We've seen them sure. do those things. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would, it would absolutely skyrocket Auburn. I mean, their, their stock is – you need to buy it now because it's going to be up. 
you need to buy their stock sure. now because you're going to make Agreed. great money on that in the long run. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it would. I think it would be as devastating as anything can be when you've won back-to-back titles for Georgia. But I mean, ultimately, I do think they're playing the way that Georgia's playing right now. They're not playing like a team that's destined to three-peat. Mm-hmm. But who's in? The, but who's actually going to stand up in their way in the long run of the season? And I just don't think there's that many options right now. Sure, I do think if you lose this game, I think your hopes at the playoff are all but gone. Yes, you can't. You're at that point. Obviously, can't lose another game. We've not seen two lost teams get in. Right. Um, so yeah, and and unfortunately for Georgia, I think a loss might be what they need. They they need some sort of great setback point. for for Kirby to really get a hold of this team. I think because. They're just not. They're not the same right now. They're just not. Um, and and it could be as simple as a new quarterback and a new OC. Both guys that have done it for a long time. Beck's been a backup for a long time. I mean, he's gotten lots of garbage time action. But it could be really simple, or it could be the complacency that we see set in when you've done things like back to back. You know, this is why we're best friends. This is why we're why best friends because because you listened to my solo episode. You did. You did. I mean, I talked about the, the what what that one loss did for Clemson in 2016, and uh, and and, and there's there's several other examples out there. But yeah, dude, I I think you're that could be not the sign of the ship sinking, but the ship getting right, right? Yeah. And I think if there's anybody who does it, um, Kirby Smart can do it. <clears throat> um, oh yeah. But I will not be surprised if Auburn pulls it off. Now I will be. I'll still be pretty I'll, shocked. I'll be ecstatic and I will be excited like because you know this is what college football is made of but I won't be surprised. I mean, yeah. Hugh Freeze can do this. He can. He can. Yeah, he can. We've seen him do it. So Oh yeah. Um and Kirby has proven in his past to drop one that he shouldn't. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, see, absolutely right. have. Let's get into the final predictions of it. Again, 3.30, CBS, Jordan Hare, line, Georgia, 14, over, under, 45 and a half. What do you got? I'm going to go with Georgia, 30, Auburn, 9. Phil Goldfest for Auburn. However Georgia gets there, they get there, whether they're slow at half. I think they're going to break out at some point, 30 to 9. I can so see that just because that's the way it's kind of gone down in recent years. I, I can I can so so see that. Um, you know, we forgot to mention that there is an undertone out there, and I only know this because of our friend Corey Tool that it might not be Peyton Thorne, it might not be Robbie Ashford. It could be this Holden Griner kid coming okay. out to start. Look, so, it's, it's time to mix things up. Okay, it's it's time. Well, don't be surprised if you see a lot of Robbie because you can do more in the running game. But I'll say this, Peyton Thorne is not a statue. He can move. No, true. All right. I'm going to take Georgia, 28, Auburn, 17. And I think the way that this is unfolds is Georgia gets a touchdown around the 10 to 6-minute marker late in the fourth, ultimately showing a greater sign of separation on the scoreboard. But I think this game is is closer than the experts think. I do think it is an Auburn loss, which is just so unfortunate for everybody who's not a Bulldog because we're so tired of being barked at. Um, Yep. Nonetheless, it's going to be the Deep South's oldest rivalry come Saturday. Make sure you tune into it or don't because it's on CBS and do not support those jokers. Nonetheless, Georgia, Auburn, Saturday. I got them 28 17.
the Irish look to bounce back on college game day as they traveled to Durham, North Carolina to take on the Duke Blue Devils. ESPN is in Durham for the first time in its life ever. It's never been. Why would it? (laughs) Why would it? it? As we begin to get into this, the ACC, tell me who saw this. The ACC has five 4-0 teams in its conference. And Duke is one of them. Duke. Duke is one of them. Nobody saw that coming for one. Uh, no. Pac-12 was right there with them until you had undefeated Oregon State and Washington State squaring off last week. Yeah. Yeah, nobody saw that coming. Duke is just right there out of the blue. I'm becoming a huge Mike Elko fan. My goodness. Um, He's and, guaranteed to have another job next fall. Guaranteed. I'm calling it. Promise you. I, I promise you, man. If if I, if I have an opening, I'm an AD in the SEC. Hey, Mike, what you doing, bud? I'm calling you. I'm calling your name. I can't believe that just, you know, we're sitting here talking about it. I can't believe that Duke is a team hosting game day that Notre Dame needs to be worried about in the year 2023. And let me tell you, Notre Dame better be worried about it. They better not line up with 10 men on the field, anywhere on the field, like they did against Ohio State last week, like they've done against a lower-level program. It didn't quite hurt them as bad, obviously, because it didn't cost them a game. What? How? When you're, when you're Marcus Freeman, when you're a good D.C. that is becoming a pretty good-looking H.C., how does that happen? Oh, who knows, man. Who knows, I mean, I know that there's a lot to manage in in the course of a game, let alone a season, let alone that being your career. But that's, boy, that's bad. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, it's so bad. Well, consider this. Consider this. Say Duke pulls this off come Saturday night. Their floor is 11 and 1. Consider that's wild. I'm going to say this too. And I'm a big Florida State guy this season. I'm I'm big on Florida State. I think I think yeah. I I would put money on them being in the playoff. Okay. Yeah, I would too. However, I think Florida State plays to the level of their competition, and that could bite them somewhere. So, yeah. therefore, that leaves Duke and North Carolina as arguably your two best teams in this conference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, and and Florida State should be really grateful that they don't get the Clemson treatment where they have to and, – and the Notre Dame treatment, to be clear, this is a not game, just like it was for Clemson in week one. Um, but they better be grateful that they get to host this team because I especially think that you don't want to go over to Duke, who at that point, if they win that game, would be 6-0. and Yeah. You don't want to go yeah. in there and play to their level when you have – and I don't care how well they're performing. You have the dudes. You want to exercise the dudes, just like – I'm not saying they don't want to do that at home, but you better be grateful that you get that opportunity to have that game at home. That's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Man, I'm peeking at the stats here because I just couldn't help myself. Riley Leonard, he's going to play in the pros, man. He's a pro quarterback. Uh, 100% he's going to play in the pros. But get this, he's 67 for 99 on the year. He's 778 yards, and he's only thrown two touchdowns. Gosh, dude. (laughs) That's, That's almost unfair. And Hartman's like, uh, hold my beer with twelve hundred plus yards and fourteen scores. Yeah, I and, think and just like I predicted a okay. minute ago, I'm I'm going to say that Hartman 
enters the interception category in this game. He, somehow, he's not done it yet, facing Ohio State included. I think he's going to enter that category on the road at, in Durham. Dude, I'm with you because I, I feel that this is a lot like Auburn and Georgia. Duke's playing with house money, right? This is not a conference game. Their 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 goals are not playoff. Their goals are let's win this conference. And yep. if they lose this, I mean, you might lose some mojo, but I, unless you just get blown out, right? If you go toe to toe with freaking the face of college football for more than a hundred years in Notre Dame and the Fighting Irish and the Four Horsemen and all that crap, right? Yep. And your and your Catholicism and touchdown Jesus, okay. Duke's like, watch us pray to Jesus, not Mary. Okay. Um, so <laughs> sorry. Um, so stupid of me. Oh man. Listen, Duke's again, like like Auburn, they're playing with house money. Yeah. Dude, I dude, what's the name of their stadium? Whatever it is. The okay. Wallace Four, Wade Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Wallace Wade, all 40,000 of them are gonna have, you know, blue hair and it's gonna be on fire. And it's and I think Notre Dame is going to be playing with a ton of pressure. Like you, you, you had a you had a heartbreak loss, and you're, you know, you've got the whole Stefan Diggs image where you've got, you know, your if you're watching me on YouTube, you know, my hands are on my hips, and you know, you're looking out, and Ryan Day is yelling at the reporter, and somehow passively yelling at uh, this old guy who used to be your head coach and Lou Holtz, and you're like, well, just what is happening? And now you're pissed off, and. and 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 I think Marcus Freeman, you know, will have have these guys ready to go. I really like him as a head coach. Yeah. Um, this just could be wild. This because this could essentially be, you know, game of the year. The context that surrounds this has me so excited for this. I hate that Tennessee is kicking off at the same time because uh, obviously my eyes will be on the orange. But man, this one just absolutely fat. I might have to just record it and not and not look at Twitter. And, and watch it full thing on Sunday night. Uh, this this could be absolutely wild, absolutely wild. Oh yeah, yeah. And and you know we've we've again theme of the day is that how does the team respond after a loss or a, a near loss? I don't I don't have that same feeling here though. Obviously, okay. I think Notre Dame could respond huge. I really okay. do. But I yeah. think this is a nightmare place to go after a loss, and and especially Wallace Wade Stadium. No, no, no. Un- we sure because that's where the game's being played. Do you mean undefeated the scenario? Duke. The scenario, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think you sure the the venue notwithstanding, but undefeated, scrappy as heck, Duke. Mm. That they're not as talented as Clemson, and they took it to them twenty eight to seven. They gift wrapped them the only touchdown that they had in the game. Now Clemson shot themselves in the foot, sure, but I'm gonna I'm I'm willing to say that Clemson is more talented than than Notre Dame everywhere but quarterback. I mean, I'm just right there at that position. Defensively, love, I'll, I'll agree to that. Defensively, I, I'll say this: I love Estime. I love that. I, I've never loved a Notre Dame player before. I love that guy. He's he's super fun mm. to watch. He runs like a yeah. like a freight train. But this is not a this is not a great spot to go to after a, a soul crushing loss, where you had ten men on the field. Oh gosh. I mean, my God, this is not the place to be. You know, you want you want like. Give me UT Chattanooga or somebody like that or Austin P after after a soul crushing loss and let me try to get right and or play uninspired and still win whatever. If they're down, Duke will. I think Duke will expose the heck out of that. You mean if they're emotionally down? If they're yeah, if, sorry, if, if they're emotionally if, or if they're not if they're not in the right headspace, I think Duke will expose the mess out of that. Yeah, <laughs> blessed are the poor in spirit. Only matters in the spiritual, not in the terms of football. Because. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, dude. I just realized like, you know, uh, Notre Dame is over here. They're the Catholics and they're getting ready to go up against the devils. <laughs> this oh. is going to be wild. All right, let's get in. Let's get into previews and predictions. You're t- uh, real quick. And before we do that, you're talking about Notre Dame. Uh, what uh, estimate being, you know, your favorite Notre Dame player. I, I really like Sam Hartman. I really, really do. Yeah, um, yeah it's hard not to, I think. He'll, he'll fall into that category for me. All right, well, uh, Duke and Notre Dame. Uh, ESPN FBI's got Notre Dame at 69.4. We've got a spread in Notre Dame's favor of five and a half. We have a spread in Notre Dame's favor against Duke in Wallace Wade Stadium at five and a half. The Lord Jesus, did I miss the trumpet? Is it coming back? I mean, what in the world is going on? Five and a half over under set at an even 53, 40,000 people inside of Wallace Wade Stadium are going to be on fire. There might not be a single Notre Dame fan in the crowd. It might just be covered in blue uh, because they're worried like they're going to be carrying around their crosses and yelling and throwing water at people because they're like, you've got the devil in you. All right, whatever. We got we got to make previews and predictions. Oh my gosh, this this game has more than just the football element to it. It's got the spiritual element to it. Like, I just can I please get a Catholic priest on the sideline just so I can just 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 see the whole thing. All right, here we go. Make your uh, make your preview and prediction. Go ahead. All right, man. Notre Dame. No, no, no. Excuse me. Duke covers, but Notre Dame wins the squeaker of all squeakers. I. I don't even know if I've got a score for you. I mean, I'm talking about like a field goal to end it, to win it at the end. I'm talking about they barely escaped this place. The only reason I'm willing to say these things is because I still think they're not the Notre Dame of old that was, you know, out talented in most spots. I think they're very talented with with Hartman, with the steam A. He's been spreading the ball around across the field to receivers and tight ends. He's doing his thing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I just don't think they're that Notre Dame of old that would totally drop this game. You know what I mean? Totally drop yeah. this game. But I'm telling you, they are going to barely survive. And like we joked about earlier, they are going to remember going to Wallace Wade Stadium where they almost kissed it all goodbye. You know, playoff, you know, New Year's Six Bowl. They almost kissed it all goodbye by picking up their second loss before September ends. What's the, what's the final? I'm gonna say they pull it out like 30-28 with a last with literally a field goal that leaves Duke no time or as the as the game expires, you name it. They they barely escape this place. I'm with you, man. I I I, I wanna pick Duke so bad. I wanna so, pick Duke so bad. So bad. So bad. Just history tells me not to. Um if if Notre Dame was coming off a win, I might feel differently. You know, Notre Dame's riding a high. Yeah. They're like, oh, my God, this is still Duke, like, whatever. But, you know, they've been humbled a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take – oh, man. I'm going to take Notre Dame 24, Duke 20. All right. So, Duke covers in both of our predictions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Duke covers it in both predictions. Yes, yes, yes. You have got – if you're not a Tennessee fan, make sure you're tuning into this spiritual warfare madness <laughs> devils catholic priests all the things it's going to have it's going to have all the things that you want drama heartbreak 
uh, all the stuff. I mean, Riley Leonard might go propose to Sam Hartman's girlfriend on the sideline if, if they get a win after this and say, baby, Catholics, Catholicism is not for you. Let me show you the dark side. Oh, my gosh. And, and you know, Riley Leonard throws for 10 touchdowns. I mean, who knows? Who knows? <clears throat> Nonetheless, we're going to take Notre Dame to win this game in Wallace Stadium, uh, but Duke covers. Trojans are going to travel to Colorado and take on the Buffalo big noon kickoff on Fox. ESPN has got this at an 89.7% win um, probability for the Trojans. The line for Vegas, Trojans 21.5 with an over-under of 73.5. And And I'm just going to tell you now, I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over. Taking the okay. over, I, 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 dude. Let's let's waste let's waste waste no time, waste no bullets. Like let's let's pull the trigger. I think this is a shootout. I think this goes. I mean, you might not see a punt. You might see, oh my gosh, fourth and seventeen, fake punt on your. I mean, you know what I'm saying just because they're going to be every 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 possession, they're thinking I got to have points. Both teams are doing this because. I think the Trojans are going, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. I, uh, they're going to score on us. They're going to score on us. But they're going to go, well, that's fine, because we can turn around and score on you. And I think Dion's going, yeah, we got to score. We got to score, because, shoot, they're going to score on us. So, you know what? We're not going to we're not gonna punt the ball to them. They're going to take the ball. We're gonna. It's going to be because we attempted and failed. I'm going to take yeah. the over, which is a crap ton of points. I could see the over happening. I could also – here's what I wanted to start this off with. USC is not Oregon. Lincoln Riley does not have those comments that Dan Lanning made. He does not have that swagger, nor that confidence, nor does he have that defense. And you know, I'm talking he, about he, he's never he had do, it. Sorry. He does have a swagger, but it's just different. It's His, it's more of a smooth operator swagger I as opposed it. to I got it. His swagger is Ryan Day thinking it was cool to call out Lou Holtz. That's his swagger. I'm dead serious. <laughs> yeah. Dan Lanning is a football coach. Lincoln Riley is a shades wearing Ryan Gosling kind of look alike with a lot of talent that always doesn't rise, that n- never rises to the occasion when it matters the most. That's yeah. not tomorrow. They yeah. still have this team outclassed. I don't think they'll, they'll like, like I'm saying all this to say they're not going to Oregon Colorado. They're not going to just smash them and beat the will out of them. I do think Colorado is going to have a nice bounce back. I think Dion someone who can work well with that. Just yeah, like we talked about for what what could work for Georgia, just like you've talked about Clemson and all those teams that have lost a game on their way to a natty. That's yeah, certainly not Colorado's path yet. Um, but we'll, I think Dion's someone that can work really, really well with that, with what we've heard from him, with as transparent and honest and brutally honest yeah. as he is and can be. Yeah, they still don't have Travis Hunter. It's not like he's going to be enough to stop the USC offense more than a time or two if he if he picks off Caleb Williams. I do think. I do think Caleb Williams throws his first pick of the season tomorrow. I think that's yeah. going to happen. But USC is not – they're not Oregon. They're not not—they're not built that way. They're just not. They're more finesse. They're I, – I don't know. I just – I like so much less about them than Oregon just based off the way Oregon handled all that noise. So, my, again, you jumped right to it. I'm going to say that Colorado covers. USC does win a pretty comfortable game because that's that 21.5-point margin allows you to do that. Mm-hmm. I could see it going over. I'm going to say it doesn't quite do that. You know, the clock's going to be moving. 
the defenses, I mean, the, the defenses are not going to be making plays where the offense is putting the ball on the ground or this or that. But, you know, it's loss number two coming for Colorado. Just won't be as emphatic for USC as it was for Oregon. Dude, I, I'm in total agreement with you. I don't think I don't think Southern Cal and Oregon are anything alike. I think Oregon plays plays ball on both sides. Uh, I'm not convinced that USC does. They don't run fit. They don't tackle well. They don't they don't do any of that stuff well. But other than score, they score really really well, right? Yep. Uh, Oregon's like, okay, we're gonna well we're gonna do both, and we're gonna do both really well. Um, dude, if I was if I was a a college player, I I could play for Dan Lanning. I could absolutely play for Dan Lanning. How fun it would be, really, to think about it. Tell you what's not going to be fun is when he's probably like Saban's replacement or something like that. You know what I mean? When he gets scooped down to the SEC, um, mm. and and that's the future. That's probably not going to be all that fun. But here's a perfect example. Just look back to last week. Think about the talent gap that USC has to Arizona State. Oh, dude, they yeah. Go, they go into the desert. They only win by 14, 42 to 28. They gave up 28 points to Arizona State. What are you doing? And that's that's Arizona State led by Notre Dame transfer Drew Pine. You know, it wasn't Rashad. It wasn't the freshman that did that to them. But I think that's a perfect template for what's going to happen tomorrow. They're going to beat them maybe by two touchdowns, maybe by 17. But it's not going to be emphatic and pretty and, and just soul-crushing the way it was for the Green Ducks last week. For sure. You know, I do think that we'll see a different Colorado. I think the loss – from Oregon is going to be good for them. And yeah. I like Dion in that scenario. So with that said, I won't be surprised if Colorado pulls it off. I'm not predicting it. Just won't be surprised. Um, th- you, you, okay. You talked about just for a second before I get into this, <clears throat> you talk about Dan Lanning, eventually possibly probable getting, getting scooped up by the sec at some point. Oregon's move to the big 10 has, has changed Oregon. Uh, in the sense that they are higher up the ladder and there are now less jobs that are better than Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with that move to the Big Ten just because of the media rights deal and and whatnot. So there is a very real opportunity where he's 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 in Oregon for a minute. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think and, and I think the future of college football is such that if they you know, they're Oregon. They've got the Nike money filling up every single facility and everything that they've got, you know, they need to dig in and make it super disadvantageous for him to leave. Um, I think if he wasn't a guy that had the roots of Georgia and Alabama, you know, being an assistant there, if he didn't have those roots, they'd have little to nothing to worry about other than the appeal that coaching in the SEC is to so many guys. Sure. But yeah, they're getting only more attractive. They need to, they need to make it super, super disadvantageous for him to ever think about doing that. uh, Because I, I agree. He's a, he's a, he's a rock star. For sure, and he strikes me as a loyal, loyal guy. All right, well you you predicted you predicted USC to win this game. Uh, give me your finals. Give me give me. Um, well, you'll do that when you. Uh, I was going to say give me the does USC cover and all that, but you'll do that when you give me the score. Go ahead. What you got? I got you. I'm going to go USC 49, Colorado 34. Mm. So I'm actually going over with that. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, wait a I second, that going, math. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see Colorado scoring a lot less than that, but again, that's that's really mm. my trust in USC more than anything else, and and the bounce back factor on top of it from Colorado that we should see. Okay, awesome. I'm going to take Trojans fifty five, maybe fifty six, Colorado forty five. Okay. I think I think this game is over. There's I I don't know how 
I know that the over-under is stupid high, but I don't know how this thing goes below. But you know what? That's what this freaking sport does. It's like yep. all the all the pointers, all the signs point to this, and college football is like, cool. Watch this. That's not going to happen Six to three all. game. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Welcome to the Big Ten. Have you seen the visitor list of celebrities for this game? Yeah, it's, it's outrageous. This might be the best one yet. Might be the best one yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There might be and a DJ crazy. on the sideline. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. All right. Well, we're both going to take the Trojans to go into Boulder, Colorado, and defeat the Buffaloes uh, and both cover the over. Trojans win. The Bayou Bengals, the Rebels, ESPN, 6 o'clock, and Vought Hemingway. Mississippi, Oxford, LSU, minus two and a half, over under, set at 67 and a half. Points shall be scored, says Vegas. Yeah, uh, Vegas says that points should be scored. Last week's LSU and Arkansas game where Arkansas performed and LSU underperformed way differently than I would have mm-hmm. expected and that I predicted on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, all tells me that points should be scored. Got some concerns for Ole Miss that I didn't think I'd have. Um, they just – I just I just wonder if they'll ever uh, beat Bama. Saban, especially if I'm Kiffin, um, just wasn't the performance I expected at all. Yeah, almost a little unimaginative. They couldn't. They couldn't give Dart any time. He couldn't make the plays. If he did have time, you name it. Um, so everything says that points should be scored in this game. Absolutely. Is this one of those games for Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin that it's it's not a it's not a must win, but it's a all right. You lost to Bama. You turn around and lose to LSU. Is the narrative changing on you if you're Lane Kiffin? You know, they're only they're only two and a half point favorites coming in. It's at home. You know, say LSU comes in and just kind of wipes the floor with them, which is doable. I think it's very, very oh, doable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is it just going to be one of those things where people sweep it under the rug and they dismiss it just because it's Lane Kiffin? Or is there some heat? Well, that shouldn't be the outcome. That that should not be the outcome because, you know, all the talk about Lane Kiffin, the, the bright offensive mind that he mm-hmm. is, the improvements that Ole Miss has made over time. I mean, they had a decent season last year, and that was coming off of losing Jackson Dart. Uh, excuse mm-hmm. me, excuse me. My gosh, Matt Corral, excuse me. Oh, coming yeah, off yeah. of losing that, you know, coming off of a 10-win of season, which has been impossible to do there historically. But if, if things don't catch up to Kiffin eventually – I don't know why not because, I mean, you lose to Alabama, you score 10 points against Alabama. The one thing they have been able to do is score points against Alabama, make it a shootout. They couldn't do that, and Alabama's far from their best version. You're you're talking about hosting Arkansas next week. They've lost that game inexplicably multiple times. Then they travel to Auburn. I mean, the, the road is going to get very real for them. if they. And, frankly, I expect them to lose. I'm, I don't know what I'll predict in a minute. I haven't really thought that much about it, but – if they lose this game, as Vegas expects, when is it going to catch up to Lane Kiffin? Because it seems like people only want to remember the good of Lane Kiffin. Oh, and there's been a handful of bad. Oh, a yeah. handful of bad. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, Almost everybody's beaten Saban at this point. Ooh, it's getting kind of common these days, isn't it? I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just Sark's saying. Done it. Yeah, 
Now, which this leads me to another question. No matter what happens on Saturday, if Ole Miss, you know, tallywhacks LSU or vice versa, is it that the SEC is down? Or is there just way more parity in this conference that we've seen and we we can't recognize it anymore? Yeah, I mean, that may be the case. You know, LSU, I'm not talking about their game against Grambling. I'm, I'm more so moving on to Mississippi State. They responded really well against Mississippi State. Obviously, they responded well against Grambling. Uh, after a loss to FSU, they didn't lose to Arkansas, but it was right there on the table for them to lose that game at home. Yeah. As a not game, as That's massive favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm really curious how they'll respond after that. I mean, we we've talked this is that's you know if there's a theme of our show, today's theme is about the response after a loss or a near loss. Uh, in this case, it wasn't actually a loss. So how they'll respond is is huge for me because I obviously think there's a path for Ole Miss to win this game. It's at home. It is hard mm-hmm. to win on the road in in any conference in, in college football. But I just I can't really get a, a, a grasp of what it means for the conference. The West is like it's the West is like the East used to be when you had Alabama at the top, which is you know what Georgia is doing now, and it's like what the heck is going on down here behind it? Except yeah. nobody's there. Like there's no clear favorite in the West right now. Absolutely, and if Ole Miss pulls this off, that that narrative only grows. There's no clear, you know, front runner for the West. Agreed. Um, well, I'm not real sure what else to say on this, so let's get into predictions and final scores and all the fun stuff that people probably fast forward to anyway. So, <laughs> again, LSU minus two and a half over under sixty seven and a half. What say you? I'm going to say that the over that and that's a big number. It's not quite Oregon and uh, excuse me, USC and Colorado, but it's a big number. I'm going to say that that gets hit though because. Of all the players that will play in this game, Jackson Dart needs a big game because, at, like, watching last week's game, I still don't know all the reasons that it's not Spencer Sanders there. You know, he transfers in. The, just like I'm saying for Lane, there's got to be some heat, some noise if you continue to, to have letdowns in big moments. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say that some points are scored. I'm going to say that Dart does respond, that he secures his job. Could this be where Judkins breaks out? Because – Arkansas ran the ball pretty well last week, not only with KJ, which would be dark run the ball, but they ran the ball well with, you know, Rocket Sanders backup, Dubinion. Uh, so mm. I think that there's going to be some yards, some points. I'm going to say be. that Ole Miss pulls this out, man, because wow, the, the noise has to catch up at some point. Okay. And that's just kind of where I see things at in the West. I thought LSU was an arm and a leg above – anyone and maybe everyone, including Alabama, entering the season. I'm not so sure after the loss to FSU, obviously, as good as they are. The game against Arkansas that I still just can't figure out. Um, Daniels, is he going to turn the ball over tomorrow? I think there's obviously a chance that he could do that. We saw, we've seen Ole Miss be stingy with the ball at times, even though they'll give it back to you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that they pull this game out because of how hard it is to win on the road in this conference at night. Vault Hemingway is a great place. It's a great venue. So I'm going to say that all those factors, the bounce back is strong enough for Ole Miss to narrowly pull this game out. I'm going to say to the tune of like 38, 35, something like that. I mean, right there, I think it's going to be a 30s type of game, maybe low 40s. 
Uh, but I'm going to say they're a field goal, maybe even a touchdown better. I'm going to say that Lane Kiffin gets it right. I'm going to say that Lane Kiffin writes the ship, that he recovers from the season that has not really gone his way thus far. But I'm going to say that doesn't happen this week. I'm going to take okay. the Tigers 34 and the Rebels 31. I just like and trust the roster and the coaching staff more than I do the what I feel like Ole Miss is made up of the playmakers and not the team in, in an entire entirety, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, because LSU has a squad and some dudes on that squad, and I feel that Ole Miss just has some dudes that are carrying them, if that makes sense. Uh, don't it get does. me wrong. Quid John Junkins, well, well, I guess this is my point. This dude, he's just going to cover a multitude of sins. He's going to cover a multitude of sins. And I think Jackson Dart is a really good quarterback. I mean, heck, I took him in that in that fantasy uh, draft that we did. I really, really like him. But before we get into this or uh, and shut this thing down, I just want to say one thing. Just, just one thing. Spencer Sanders. Worst transfer move I've I've ever seen. I just don't get it. I get why you got out of Oklahoma State, but I just do not get this move. Nonetheless, he's taking the Rebels. I'm taking the Tigers. It's going to be a barn burner in Mississippi. Well, that's going to lead us to the end of the episode. There's several more things out there to tune into at noon. You've got Florida traveling to Kentucky. You've got A&M at Arkansas. You've even got 2-2 Cl- two and two Clemson at undefeated Syracuse. You've got, uh, I thought there was another one out there. Oh, yeah, Michigan at Nebraska, the return of Harbaugh. Um, can 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 Kansas pull another unexpected upset on Texas? Uh, let's see. And there was one more. Oh yeah, you and I mentioned this one off uh, off the air, even though we don't record live. And that is West Virginia at TCU, a three and one West Virginia. Neil Brown is is riding the Mountaineer ship, and um, TCU is going to sit at fourteen point favorites. Nonetheless, um, I'm sure you guys will also be tuning into Alabama at Mississippi State for you Tide fans out there. Um, will Saban retire on the sideline? Remains to be seen. Hard to tell. Hard to tell. All that crap about he's tired. He's tired. Whatever. You're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. Uh, whoever said that. Uh, hope you did. You you didn't say that, did you? Did I just call you an idiot? I didn't. No. No. Okay. Good. 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 All right, well, nonetheless, we love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out and letting us tickle your ears. We appreciate it. We continue to grow. Um, it's been an awesome thing uh, watching that and following it. Make sure you're liking and subscribing. And just If you're watching this video right now, do us a solid. Do us a solid, a solid for the algorithm and push the like button. If you do that, we'll push your like button. If you know what I mean, you dig. I'm Dan. He's Mike. God bless. Go Vols. GBO.